welcome to episode 87 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief of Campbell.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of Shakefire.com. And I'm Mike McKinney of Last One to Leave the Network, uh, sorry, Last One to Leave the Theater, NATLCW.TV. <laughs> <laughs> and I've forgotten my own website. Aww. It happens. <laughs> um, well, we're going to start out this week talking uh, about a couple of cool things we've done since we last talked to you guys. Um, last Friday night, uh, Mike and I and uh, Doug and Jen went to see the Big Apple Circus up in Alpharetta. And we talked a little bit about it last week, um, but just as kind of a refresher, it's up at the Verizon Amphitheater from now through February 25th. And it's a world-renowned show known for its one-ring, intimate, artistic style where no seat is more than 50 feet away from the performers. Um, this season actually marks the 40th anniversary of the Big Apple Circus, uh, which it's celebrating along with a legendary lineup of artists and acts from around the world, including trapeze acts by... I'm going to butcher this. The flying, how do you say this, Mike? Flying, do you know? Tunisia's. That, that's the trap. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to try to say it. Um, the, uh, the world uh, record holding um, high wire artist, um, Nick Walinda, and award winning contortionist, um, Eleni Kramer. Is that Eleni Kramer? I'm so bad with names. We'll guys. go with that. <laughs> um, no exotic or wild animals are involved in the circus. Only beloved rescue dogs and 16 horses and really adorable ponies. All cared for by the circus trainer and presenter, uh, Jenny Vidbell. Vid Vidbell. Um, so another thing that's really cool about um, this show, a portion of proceeds from the 48 shows that they're doing and a hundred percent of proceeds from last week's opening night actually go to benefit the children's health care of Atlanta. So it's uh, nice. something cool that they're doing to give back. And, uh, it's a really, really amazing show. It is, it's a, it definitely feels intimate. Like it feels more intimate than, you know, other shows that I've been to in the past or other circuses that I've been to in the past. And it's, um, I really liked that vibe. Uh, what'd you think about it, Mike? Yeah, it's it's a it's a great circus. Um, I'm a I'm a huge circus fan. The best thing about the show is the fact that it is so you're so close to the action, and you're also seeing some of the best acts circus acts out there. Uh, Nick Walinda is the guy that uh, tightroped across the Grand Canyon. He's done a bunch of other just amazing tightrope acts, and they do a seven person pyramid that is just breathtaking it's amazing and then uh the trapeze act was just astounding um one of the guys in the trapeze act is one of only eight people in the world that can do a four rotation rotating uh to to go to the to the next guy it's just an amazing amazing circus it was so much fun um, there were some other cool acts. There was a, a great juggler, um, a, a, just a bunch of acts that just were just really, really cool. And because you're so close, you really feel a part of the action. And they actually interact with the crowd a lot, especially the clowns. They do. It's uh, I don't know if I've ever been like more stressed out than I was during that high wire act. I mean, it's it's so impressive, and you're just watching it, and you just I you just can't understand how it's possible to do what they did 
and it's a uh, it's like the coolest form of stress. Like I was on like the edge <laughs> of my seat and like completely stressed out, but like completely in awe at the same time. Um, they just it was a really extraordinary performance, and everyone that was uh, all of the acts were were incredible. Um, the ponies, oh my god, the ponies, you guys, like. <laughs> Because it was it's not only just was not just uh, big horses, but it was also Shetland ponies that were mm-hmm. in this act. And they in in this like 16 of them. So at one point, they're all interacting. And it's just uh, it was really a sight to see. And then she also has rescue dogs that just are hilarious to watch. They are. They are. It's uh, it was such a feel good performance. And really, the whole show is is, uh, you know, kind of talking about how it's it is a, a little bit smaller of an arena, so it feels more intimate and it feels, um, I don't know, I feel like it just kind of amplifies the awesomeness of everything because it feels more intimate. Um, but yeah, you you guys have to go check it out. Again, it's here through February 25th, and it's a really great show, and you guys can find out more about it at BigAppleCircus.com. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a huge uh, circus freak. And uh, just seeing Nick Walinda, and that's the other cool thing is after the performance, you can go and meet them and talk to them, and uh, just uh, just to see Nick Walinda perform in live, it was a uh, was a dream come true for me. Aw, I think Mike had a geek out moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Mike had another geek out moment this last week. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about what you did on Saturday night? Sure. So um, there's an, uh, an artist, a singer named Callahan, and um, she moved here from England uh, seven or eight years ago to record an album with Sean Mullins and lived in Atlanta for a year and fell in love with the city and made a bunch of friends. And so every year she does a around her birthday, she does a show at the Red Clay Theater up here in Duluth um, and I've gone for the past five years now and seen her. I've actually seen her six times. Um, and she's a wonderful singer. And what I love about her is that she not only, she's a singer songwriter, so she plays her own songs, but she also plays songs that she loves. So um, I've seen her perform where she's done things like uh, uh, Purple Rain and she's done um, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, this year she did a Beatles song. She did... Um, a couple other songs from other artists and she played for almost two hours and she had an opening act. So it was a, it was almost a three hour show. Um, and it was just a great time. And she also loves to meet with the fans. So she also does a meet and greet after the show. Uh, she does it every year. She's coming back here in June. I don't know the details of where she's playing, but I do know she's coming back. I highly recommend seeing her because she's just a wonderful performer. Um, and, uh, it's a, it was a great, great show, and I plan on seeing her again in June because it, she just puts on a wonderful show, and it was just a fun time. Usually, she comes around my birthday also, so it's kind of a my birthday celebration also. So <laughs> it was a fu- it was a fun time. Cool, nice. Well, I'm glad you had a good weekend. Uh, we're gonna have a good weekend this weekend too. Uh, we're all gonna get together this Sunday and watch the Super Bowl. So. I'm Hopefully we'll see. I mean, it's not going to be like anything compared to last year, though. Where wow. the the highs and then the utter lows from last and, year. And Emma is not allowed to say a certain phrase ever again. So last year I said we had it in the bag at halftime. 
apparently is something that you don't say when it comes to sports ball. Uh, learned my lesson. But that being said, I don't think we're we're deeply like you know rooting for any one team yeah. this year, right? I mean, no, it's more if, more like if, we're rooting for the commercials this year. If if yeah. you want to say it for the Patriots, that's fine because then you'll jinx them and they'll lose. So <laughs> that's that's okay. You can do actually. Stay for I, them. I, I actually um, dislike the Philadelphia Eagles more because of their fan base are such jerks. That Philadelphia Eagles, is, their stadium is the only stadium that actually has a jail yeah. in the stadium. Really? And they actually have a judge that shows up during the games because they have so many arrests. Wow. I did not I, know that. And yet I still want the Eagles to win. Yeah, that's gonna... that's how much I want the Patriots to lose. Yeah, I, I'm gonna disagree so. with you there. So, <laughs> uh. well, I'm looking forward to the commercial, so we yeah. have that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, my favorite one I've seen so far is definitely um, it's the the Peter the Dinklage uh, the Morgan Freeman one. Um, Doritos and Mountain Dew. Yeah, I can't imagine that there's going to be something that's going to top that. Did you? But did we'll you have see. you have you seen the teaser for that one yet? Was Where, well, I saw what I posted. Did you? Or is no, that no, what you're talking about? Or they like? I think it was like the day before they did a teaser of like the day before. It was them doing like warm ups in front of the mirror. Oh like, my god! Uh, I have to look tongue, that up. Tongue, tongue twisters, and like <laughs> um, Missy Elliott and. Um, What's his, who is who is the other guy? I forget whoever Peter Dinklage's song he was singing. Um, they were basically like pumping him up for awesome. for the trailer. It's it's pretty great. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm really like I just I saw that and I was just like nothing but smiles. It's it's just such a like awesome commercial. It was good. That's what I'm saying. They need to do a um, lip sync battle now. They do. Like an episode because like. Peter Dinklage and Morgan going against Morgan Freeman, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Um, I have to say, on on that note, um, because it is kind of a Game of Thrones-esque commercial, because you're you're dealing with, like, the fire and the ice. Um, Ah, Yeah, see, that's that's immediately what I thought when I saw it. Um, I do want to say, because I started telling everyone this because I thought it was true... There is a date going around um, the internet that Game of Thrones is coming back on April 14th, 2019, and apparently that is false. So mm. just just to note that, Macy Williams says that it's false. So um, regardless, it's still probably going to be 2019. But It is going to be 2019. They've already confirmed that. Yeah, it's probably going to be so. late 2019. <laughs> I don't think it'll be late. What is this Game of Thrones uh, show you're talking about? You oh, just need Mike. to give in, Mike. Just give yeah. in to it. You'll be just happier. Just binge watch the whole thing. That's what me. I, I watch the entire series in like a month. It's the way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, moving right along. We don't have Game of Thrones, but we have some movies uh, that are that are coming out this week. So we're going to talk about box office from last week and predictions for this week. Um, neither one of which I think is very thrilling because we're st- we're still dealing with like January leftovers. <laughs> Um, yeah, c- considering we, we haven't uh, had a screening in two and a half weeks. Yeah, that that sums it up pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but predictions uh, were right from you guys last week. Maze Runner, The Death Care did come in first with 24 million. Jumanji fell to second with 16 million. 
Um, Hostiles was in third, The Greatest Showman in fourth, and The Post in fifth. So I love I love how good The Greatest Showman has been doing. I mean, it like, keeps it keeps moving it's along. Hanging in. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 a continuously in the top five, which is amazing. The fact that once again it didn't get a lot of of you know press, but it just keeps on playing and it just keeps on showing up. That's amazing. Well, I do think, you know, not that I didn't love it because we all loved it, but um, it's just there's been no competition, like, at all. No competition. Yeah, that is true. This has been the worst month for movies, like, ever. That's, <laughs> but... that's, 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 that's what January is. That's yeah. what our project did, cosplay we, is. <laughs> we did see a big jump on The Shape of Water. It went from 16th to 8th because of the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a couple other films, uh, yeah, like were... Three Billboards, moved up from 17th to 12th, and uh, a couple other ones moved up also. Um, I Tanya, just because of, of the Bird. Oscar buzz. Yeah. But I, I think you know, Shape of Water might have some legs now because of the Oscar, all the Oscar nominations, right. and it it did pretty well. Um, it it did almost five and a half. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm sorry, it did, did not do five and a half, but it, oh, it actually did. Yeah, almost six million. Um, and it jumped 170%. Um, so that was a big jump. You know what else jumped? Justice League jumped 143%. <laughs> it's in at there 31, are, there are so still it's not doing well. Justice League? Apparently there are. Wow. Um, that is yeah, impressive. It's, like, uh, it's probably like the Dollar Theater or something. Yeah, they, they had a 93 theaters. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Wow. But it's it, it went up. So I'm just, I'm highlighting good, that. Good for What's, Justice League. So, so I, last last night, uh, I went to see uh, uh, Phantom Thread at the Hollywood 24 here in Atlanta, which has got a lot of screens to fill. And I'm always amazed of how many movies I've never even heard of are playing there. Um, even some, even some English, because they play a lot of, of Bollywood films there. So I'm not always in YouTube, but there's like an animated film I've never heard of called Mary and the Witch's Flower that I had no clue about. Well, I've actually um, heard of that one. Yeah, well, I, I, but I didn't know anything about that one. And well, then, like we're I said, be and then there's always one today or talking about. I'll be talking about one today. <laughs> and, and there's a ton of, like I said, there's a ton of Bollywood movies that are always playing at that theater. So it's always just fun to go and see what what's playing there, and also they're um, they're one of the places that the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival is at, and they actually had three screenings on Wednesday, and I think they had three screenings today. So it's just a, it's just an interesting experience to to go to the theater and see what what's playing at that because they have so many screens to fill, so they've got a lot of to play with. And that's is that theater on Movie Pass too? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just saw Movie Pass. In fact, that's what I used. Uh, movie, I used Movie Pass to see Phantom Thread last night, cool. which I loved. Just amazing film. If that's Daniel Day Lewis's last film, it's a great film to go out on because he's amazing in it. I have um, to, it's. I I feel like, and I'm probably wrong because people are like raving about it, but the trailer was just so meh to me. Like the trailer did not make me interested in the film at all. Did you it's, feel it's like the, it's... the movie is a lot better than the trailer? Yeah, it, yeah it'd, it'd I was be hard to make a trailer. trailer as well. Yeah, yeah. it'd be hard to make a trailer for it because there's no big scenes in it. It's it's a lot of emotional buildup to certain 
scenes in the movie. And it takes a while for you to get there. Um, okay. So it's no There I, Will Be Blood, though. No, it's not. It's <laughs> definitely not. It's more of a relationship film between two people, one person who is incredibly hard to get along with, and another person who is incredibly tolerant. Um, and it like, and, and one of the things she says, I can stand... Because one of the things she does is she becomes his model, his because he's a dressmaker, and right. she becomes his model, and she basically says, "I can stand um, uh, straight and silent for hours. I'm the best person that I that anybody could be at doing this job, and that's part of the of the of the thing is she just tolerates a lot of stuff that because he's such a a strange individual. All right. But I, had, I highly recommend it. If you like relationship movies, I highly recommend it. And if you love acting, it's a, it's a really good movie to see. Cool. Cool. Well, you saying that and talking about it being a relationship movie, this is, I'm not going to go too far down this tangent road that I'm about to, but I want to ask Matt about this because I finally got myself caught up on this is us. And which is, I'm, a, I'm not caught up on this is us though. Really? No. How far behind are you? I am way behind. And don't Ah. you dare talk. I I don't want to know. I've seen stuff about this crock pot. And I don't want to know about this crock pot. Because, yeah. All right. Well, I won't won't say anything. I don't don't think we should go down this tangent. Well, I'm just going to tell you that the episode, the episode is airing after the Super Bowl. So just be prepared to see everything. Oh, no. I got a couple days then. Yeah, you can you can binge This Is Us, which is, um, I, I think we watched five episodes last night to get caught up. Um, this Is Us is a, I mean, completely relationship family drama show, and it's incredibly well done, but it's a really hard show to binge because it's so emotional, and then you realize yeah. you've just been crying for five hours. You just just got to get it all out at once. Exactly. This it's weekly a- stuff, just boom, one five hour <laughs> oh my god it's gonna fest. be it's gonna be an intense episode though like they they get up to the moment right before oh um god. and then it's it's all gonna go down on sunday night so let that be known to our view our listeners out there if you are not caught up on this is us avoid social media completely next week yeah. and um just turn off your tv right after the super bowl um i'm gonna record it though because i'm gonna be watching it as soon as you guys leave so, speaking of this weekend, we have only one movie that's releasing, uh, which is Winchester, a it's horror movie. Two star- movies. I'm sorry, two movies. Um, I don't, but I don't know if that's in wide release or not, Matt. It's that it's, may yeah, be just Atlanta. No, it's a wide release. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So we have two movies: uh, Winchester, which is a horror film starring Helen Mirren, and what's the other movie? It's called Bilal, a new breed of hero. It's a uh, it's an animated movie. It was actually created in um, 2015. It's a Middle Eastern movie, ah. and um, so yeah, it was originally made in 2015 and played at a couple of festivals and stuff. And it's just now getting a a international release. Um, so like, it's playing at a bunch of the uh, the re- or the the AMC theaters here in Atlanta, and then some of the bigger Regal theaters like uh, Hollywood Twenty Four to be playing there and stuff. But um, it's you know it's a, it's a it's a film 
Well, are we going to just jump right into the reviews or? Well, you can, yeah, go ahead and tease this and then we'll jump into to Mike's review. Yeah, so it's it's based on a true story about, um, his name's Bilal Ibn Rabban, Raba, which I probably, um, messed up his name. That's so all right. That's what I'm we do sorry here. sorry that. But, um... <laughs> It's basically about, you know, a, uh, a slave, you know, who goes through basically all these hardships and he basically rises up against his, uh, his slave owners and kind of, he becomes, um, a prophet of Muhammad. But I mean, it's not, it's not like a religious movie. It's more just, you know, one of those, you know, rising against the odds kind of things. Um, it's got, I'm not going to say his name, uh, Mr. Echo from Lost. Ah, okay. um, he he voices Bilal. It's also got uh, Ian McShane in it. Those are the two bigger names, and then uh, you know a bunch of others. I mean, it's a it's a decent movie. Like the message and the story itself are good. Um, it did come out in 2015 originally, so the animation is a little dated. I will say, especially when it comes to like the the characters and their faces. Um, but, uh, it's still, it still holds up at least like the environments, like there's a lot of attention to detail that I liked in the environments and stuff. So it's, cool. it's decent. Like if you find yourself bored and looking for something different to watch, you know, it's, it's worth checking out, I'd say. Cool. Um, well also, um, for people that are looking for something to do, don't forget that the Jewish Film Festival is currently going on, which is actually the, one of the films we're going to review, um, next is is playing um, well it's going to be playing two more times February 12th at Spring Cinema and Tap House and February 14th Valentine's Day at UA Terra um, and that is Spielberg uh, Mike you want to talk to us a little bit about Spielberg? Sure so it's a documentary on Steven Spielberg um, and it goes uh, through his whole career from when he started out um, I learned a lot in this film um, what is fascinating is there's a lot of behind the scenes footage of him directing. Um, especially they concentrate on some of the bigger films like Jaws. Um, they also concentrate on Schindler's List because that was a watershed moment for Spielberg. He is Jewish. Um, it's, it's a religion that for a while he didn't really acknowledge. And then when he made Schindler's List, he rededicated his life to being Jewish, and when he married his wife, Kate Capshaw, um, she uh, uh, became Jewish. Um, so it's a really, really interesting film um, that that really, I, I found, out, found out a lot about his directing style. And also, uh, one of the things I didn't know, because I knew of his very famous television film, Duel, um, and you guys may not know this because it was in the early 70s, but it was a made-for-TV movie um, uh, starred Dennis Weaver about a guy that's just driving and a big uh, tanker truck starts following him and basically endangers his life. I mean, just tries to run him off the road and just keeps keeps on trying to kill him. Um, and it's, it's two hours of justice gigantic tanker trunk trying to kill him but it put steven spielberg on the map because it was so well done and got such high critical reviews they in fact actually very rare for a tv movie actually released it in theaters because of the fact that it gotten such 
uh, notoriety. Um, so I've actually seen that. So, so there you go. So yeah. there you go. So it's it's a, it is yeah, such a, a weird concept. Yeah, it is a very strange concept, but it's so well done. Yeah. And and one of the things that Spielberg is a master of is camera placement. And that's one of the things that he's so good at is placing the camera exactly where you need it to be to, to get the full uh, uh, emotion out of the scene. And um, it's just a really, really good documentary. And if you're a fan of Spielberg, you want to see it. But if you're not, if you're just a fan of movies, you want to go see this because there's so much insight into making film in this, in this film. I feel like it has to be, um, I'm, I don't have in front of me who directed this film, but I feel like it's got to be a stressful like experience to make a documentary about such an amazing filmmaker. Because you feel like if he sees it, he's going to be like, you know, really critiquing like every decision that you made in making the documentary. Yeah, the, the person that made it was Susan Lacey, and she's a longtime documentary uh, filmmaker. Um, she was the executive producer of American Masters, the PBS series that does documentaries nice. on famous people. Um, and she's executive produced a ton of films um, that, that were for American Masters, but also a bunch of other stuff. Um, and uh, she's directed a, a few of the uh, 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 American Masters films, um, including mostly on uh, women, but she's done, uh, she's directed stuff like uh, one on David Geffen, one on Judy Garland, one on Joni Mitchell, Leonard Bernstein, Rod Sterling. Um, and she's got another one coming up um, that's uh, Jane on Jane Fonda that's getting a lot of, of notice. So uh, she's, she's, she knows how to make a documentary, that's for sure. Cool. Um, well, I feel like some of our, our talking points are not going to be relevant here, such as best and worst performance. Um, but let's, uh, let's dive into our, our Atlas review. Um, were you bored at all during this one? I was not because, uh, they do a really good job of keeping it moving. And they also do a really good job of delving into certain aspects of his, um, not only his personal life, but his, his philosophy on directing, um, like He's he's always had almost all his films have family as basically the centerpiece. Whether you're talking about ET, whether you're talking about um, even even the the uh, the recent stuff with the post, it's all uh, based on family and on. Also, he he was um, really really impacted by his parents' divorce. So you have a lot of his films where the main person, whether it's a child or whether it's, it's an adult, is going through a separation and then a reconciliation because he's done that with his father. For years and years, he blamed his father on his parents' divorce. And then it turns out that his mother was actually the cause of the divorce. She, started, she had an affair with another man, which caused the divorce. He didn't know about that affair. And it, it, he was estranged from his father for almost 15 years. And then recently he's reconnected with his father and their, their relationship is actually better than it's ever been. Um, so it's, it's really interesting how his own personal life has affected his filmmaking life and his films. So it's a really interesting way of looking at his, his career. So not much eye rolling then. Right? No, there's no eye rolling at all. Um, 
there's some great, great, but like I said, there's some great behind the scenes footage. Um, I think what was most moving was his, his, his making of Schindler's List because it was a highly personal film. It was a very, um, also because it was shot in black and white, but you have that, that one scene, that one scene where, and they show it in the film, that one scene where the little girl is walking through the ghetto and she's got on the red coat and you see that it's red, even though it's a black and white film and how everybody's just ignoring her as she walks through the, through all this, this stuff going on where people being shot and people are being, you know, taken away. Um, and then later on in the film, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but I'm going to run it a little bit later on. You see the, uh, when they're, um, uh, uh, one of the, the main characters is being made to uh, burn the, the dead bodies and you see the little girl in the red coat and she's in a wheelbarrow, she's dead and there's the red coat again. Um, it's just a you know incredibly powerful scene in the movie but it's also just powerful just watching it um, and understanding all that went went into making this film because he had he had the he had the book for like 10 years. Uh, and he finally got up the courage to make it. Cool. Um, well, like I said, some of our um, some of our factors are not relevant here, such as best and worst performance and <laughs> Atlanta factor. I'm assuming there was Atlanta no parts of this. <laughs> yeah, there's no, no. Atlanta recognition. They do. <laughs> the, the, uh, as far as actor, um, there are uh, he there interview a ton of people in this film. Um, uh, Martin Scorsese, the director, Richard Dreyfuss. Um, uh, they interview his sisters, um, Nancy Spielberg and Ann Spielberg. Um, Do and, they interview him? Is he? Uh, yeah, he is interviewed in the film as well. He talks, uh, and he's very, very, um, very, very uh, uh, vocal about his his thoughts and his feelings. It's funny because they actually tell there's. there's Early on in the film, they talk about um, how he started making films when he was a kid. And even before that, he used to love um, uh, storytelling and films. And he also loved to torture his sisters. And uh, they tell a story where he got a, he, he got a plastic skull and painted it with glow dye paint and put it in a closet. And then he threw his sisters in the closet and locked them in. And just delighted in hearing them scream. <laughs> he's going, and he's like, "I know it's a little weird and it's a little sadistic, but to this day, I still think it's funny." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, on a on the official Atlas scale, what would you give this one? I would I would give it a, a four. Um, I'd give it an ATLA. Um, it's a really good documentary. Um, I learned, like I said, I learned a, t- a ton of stuff. Uh, not only about Spielberg himself, but also about filmmaking. Um, and it was really cool to see all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And you see stuff from uh, Jaws. You see stuff from uh, uh, Indiana Jones. I mean, all the iconic movies, all the way up to the more recent stuff. Um, right. And, and the, the cool stuff was like, he talks about Jaws, and he talks about how they had built this robotic uh, shark, and the first time they used it, it basically uh, crashed and burned. And he had to rewrite the script on site. So literally he was writing as he was shooting 
because they didn't have the shark that they thought they were going to have. So all those scenes where you see where like when they they uh, harpoon the shark with the with all the um, the giant um, pontoons and you, all you see is just the pontoons moving across the water or the scene where the fishermen are on that dock and the shark uh, I don't remember how it gets cut up in the in the in the in the in the uh, dock but you see the dock moving across the water. And coming back with the, you know, and you know that the guy that's in the water that was on the dock is about to be eaten. All that stuff was redone because they didn't have the mechanical shark. And so, but it made it actually a better film because you actually, what you, you know, very often, as like we know with uh, Hitchcock films, very often what you can't see is actually scarier than what you can see. And that that was one of the things that he realized while making that film was that I can make this a better film because you can't see the shark all the time. Right. So it was really cool. Cool. Well, um, so four out of five. We haven't had many of those this year. So just, uh, <laughs> just highlighting that. Yeah, um, I mean, like, like you said, it's playing another couple times at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. And, the, and like I said, with the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival – Go, go to their website, ajff.org, and they're, they're playing films all over the city, and there's some really wonderful films that are they're playing. There's a, 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 I will tell you about a couple of films that are playing at the Atlanta Judas Film Festival. One's called Foxtrot, that from all the critics I've read said it should have been uh, nominated for Academy Award. It's an Israeli film. Um, there's also a film called 1945, um, that is gotten great reviews of every place that is played. And there's a number of other films and there's, there's comedies, there's dramas, there's, uh, documentaries, and there's even some historical films that they're showing also. Um, and they also got some classic films. Um, I don't remember which of the Streisand films they're playing, but I know the one of them's a, a Barbara Streisand film. Um, I think they might even be playing Schindler's List. They are. So there's, there's movies for, everybody to go see well cool um and that's going on for another couple of weeks too i think that one's through february 15th so is that right mike yep cool um so yeah definitely go check some of those out um because that's really all that's good that's playing around town right now um (laughs) yeah we've got we've got winchester's being released um i'm have not they did not screen it for critics they did not screen it for us not a good um, sign. Yeah, and I think Jumanji will be at the top of the box office again this weekend for like the 150th time. It seems like <laughs> um, I don't think Winchester is going to come even close to Jumanji, um, and I think Greatest Showman again will be in fourth or fifth. I mean, it's I, it's just keep keeps going. It's just got legs. It does. It does have legs. You know what else has legs? Fifty Shades of Grey, which comes out next week. Um, I couldn't help it. That was just like That's... I I had to go there. And, um, and you know, as many films as I see, because I see over three hundred films a year, I have not seen either of the Fifty Shades. But you're coming and next, next week, week, right? May, like you're going to be there. I yeah. think I'm going to have to actually see this one because <laughs> there's nothing else playing. I don't have an excuse. Well, uh, we're going to be. Are you going to be there? I will be, so we can all have a, a, a film review that we were all at, which I feel I, like has I'm, been a I'm hot not second. I'm going to be there. <laughs> I won't Matt. be there. 
<laughs> I'm not seeing Fifty Shades. I haven't. Why I'm not? Like, like, I haven't. I haven't seen any of the other ones. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. You think it doesn't matter because I have people I can assign to see the movies that I don't want to see. Oh so. come on, Matt. That's that's cheating. That is cheating. That's cheating. If Mike yeah, can that's... go see My Little Pony, you can go see Fifty Shades of Grey. I didn't yeah. see My Little Pony either. <laughs> right, but you can go see Fifty Shades. I can, but I won't. <sighs> You're a chicken. I'm I, disappointed. I respect myself too much. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I All have right, better things well, to do. Mike and I will have a review next week of that. And <laughs> yes. is there is there any other films coming out next week that we're reviewing besides that one? Uh, no? No, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right. That's, so. that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, we are going to have some really cool stuff next week, though. Um, of course, we'll be talking Super Bowl commercials. And um, one thing we haven't mentioned yet is that ATV Fest is going on now at SCAD. Um, it ends on Saturday. And uh, Matt's going to be doing some interviews with Evil versus, or Ash versus Evil Dead and um, AP Bio. So we'll have yeah. some of that next week. And then we're also, I have no idea what our and coverage is going to look like. From Alex them. Incorporated? Yeah. Like, come on, you gotta you gotta mention Alex Incorporated. Well no, that's I, the one I, I was I was getting there. I was okay. I like I don't know what our coverage is gonna look like from that <laughs> because I don't know if we're gonna get to interview Zach Rath or not. I think we will. I uh, I'm, but I'm feeling I'm good about it. I'm feeling good about it. I am too. I'm excited. Um, if if we don't, oh my god, that's gonna be heartbreaking. Because he, <laughs> he's being here, he's being honored by ATV. He's one of the, the basically the guest of honor. Yeah. Like He's the highlight of this this festival this year. So, like, to be I'm that really... close and not get the interview? Oh, Yeah. I can't imagine that um, they won't be doing interviews. Um, just having yeah. gone to, to ATV Fest and in previous years, I, I, I think our, the odds are in our favor. Yeah. But, um, and I'm also going to be doing um, Black Lightning, Instinct, and Crashing. So, we'll see what we get from those. I'm really excited, though, because... Um, Naveen Andrews. Is that how you say his name, Saeed from Lost? Naveed? Yeah. Naveen Andrews. Yeah. Um, that's, he's going to be here, too. It. That's, uh, I, I'm just always like, Saeed from Lost, um, who I've interviewed before. He was on another show. Um, no, I think it was with Once Upon a Time. Wasn't he on that? He was like. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. That's, um, I, I've interviewed him at Comic-Con before in, in connection with that, but, um, I'm a big fan of his, so I'm excited that he's going to be here. So there's going to be some cool stuff this weekend, and it's always a really um, it's a really cool festival. And um, for any HGTV fans out there, they have some cool HGTV programming too. That's featuring the um, the I think it's the Flipper Flop Atlanta team that's uh, going to be there. But uh, you can check all of that out online. I think it's just ATVFest.com, right? I should have written that down. Yeah. Let me double check. Um, but like I said, it, it ends it ends on Saturday. So good luck. <laughs> good. I, I assume tickets are still available, but um, you can buy them at atvfest.com. And uh, yeah. So, so we'll here, be- here's the here, here's the interesting thing is uh, so we have three films releasing. I looked it up. We have three films releasing on Friday, February 9th. Uh, Peter Rabbit, which they are screening for us, but I'm not going because oh, I'm yeah. going to ATV uh, TV Fest. Uh, Fifty Shades Freed, which I'm going to, and Emma's going to, and Matt's chickening out. I'll, on. I'll review Peter Rabbit. How about that? Because oh, I'll right, be going to Peter go. Rabbit. So, and then, uh, but the interesting thing is, there is a Clint Eastwood film 
that he directed uh, the uh, True Life film called the uh, 1517 to Paris, which is about the three American soldiers that um, were on a train and there was a terrorist on the train and they brought down the terrorist um, and it stars the actual three soldiers. That film is not being screened for critics, which is the first time I can ever remember a Clint Eastwood film not being screened for critics. I don't, you know, and so I'm wondering how, whether that was the right way to go of, of putting three. I was going to say, maybe, yeah, no, maybe it's because they're, it's the three heroes yeah. instead of actors. Not, yeah. no offense, but. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I, I, it's, it's really weird because I, so I went and saw Phantom Thread, which is a, a really an adult art house film. The trailers they showed before it were such a mix of weird films but one of them was the 1517 to Paris. And just looking from the trailer, I could tell these guys were not actors. Mm. And so I'm thinking if that's in the trailer, this might be painful to watch. Yeah, that doesn't bode well. Well, um, we'll have details on all of that next week for you guys. Uh, you guys don't have anything else that you want to... You want to tease or comment on for next week? No, I, I no. will. Um, I'm going, this is, you're here on Friday, but uh, we're recording on Thursday. So tonight I'm actually going to see another Atlanta Jewish Film Festival film uh, called Bombshell, the Hedy Lamar story. She was a uh, actress in the 40s and 50s, uh, just incredibly gorgeous actress that was also incredibly smart. And she developed a technology during World War II, that is actually the precursor to cell phones. And um, I'm really looking forward to this because um, I'm a big fan of her career. And I'm looking forward to also finding out more about how this other side of her. So, uh, and it, this this, uh, this film, Bombshell, is playing a couple more times at the Atlanta Jewish Film Festival. Um, so I'll be talking about that next week. Cool. Um so next week, next week, I feel like we're back in the game with, uh, with yeah. movies and well, interviews and all that. We're officially in February now, so things, <laughs> exactly. we, can, we can move past the terribleness of January. <laughs> um, well, thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the Atlas Podcast, and my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. And I'm Matt Rodriguez, the Owner-in-Chief Editor of ShakeFire.com. And I'm Mike of LastOneToLeaveTheTheater.com and ATLCW.TV. And if you um, listen to us on SoundCloud or on iTunes, please give us a review. Please rate it um, because that always helps with getting us more and more listeners. And we'll talk to you guys next week.